know, Jesus, um, he taught in parables. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's what a parable is. And often Jesus would use parables to to help explain God, help explain how things worked. And, and, and you know, in Luke 18, we're going to look at this in the fall, but in Luke 18, Jesus told this parable. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want. But he told, told this parable about people who trusted in their own righteousness versus trusting in God. People that were focused more on the outward appearance versus what the inward heart was. And he tells a story about these two men that went up to the temple to pray, and, and one was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector, a sinner. Like the kind of guy that if he walked in the room, people would go, oh, did you see he was at church today? Can you believe that guy came to church today? And, and these two men walk up, and they walk up to pray, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Pharisee, the religious guy, was like, oh, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy over there. Man, I'm all, I got it all together. I look good. I, I'm acting good. I'm, man, this is right. Aren't you glad you have me, God? And the tax collector, the sinner, just goes, God, I'm not worthy to be here. God, thank you for letting me just, I just can't even lift my head to you. And Jesus points out in this parable, this earthly story in the heavenly meaning, with a heavenly meaning, he, he points out that, that if you come and exalt yourself, you're missing it all. But if you come humbly to God, that, that's the kind of offering and, and prayer and worship that God desires and looks for. And I wonder if when Jesus was teaching this parable, I wonder if he had Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7 in mind. I don't know that, but I wonder that. And, and I wondered, you know, even today, did God pay attention when I put my jacket on today? I mean, I, I mean, I put my jacket on, I walk out, and I was like, hey, Robin, how you doing? And she was like, wow, you look good today. And, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, thanks. We fixed my collar. She fixed my collar. And and I wonder if God, you know, when I, when I remember, when I started in ministry, this is, you know, growing up, this is how we'd dress coming to church. When I, when I was on staff at, at my first church, I mean, I'd wear a suit every Sunday. That was the drill. I'd get up, man, I'd, be, I'd, I'd buy stuff, and I got this stuff. And, um, but you know, I'm not sure that God really cares about that, right? I'm not sure he does. You know, and, and, and I was telling Robin about this illustration. I was asking her permission for this. And uh, I wonder if God really paid attention when I got this tie. And I, I, mean, I, I like this. one of my favorite ties. It's fairly new. You know, I bought it. I don't know how long ago. Um, Kohl's tie, and it's great. And, uh, and I don't know if, you know, God really cared. You know, it's funny today. You know, I mean, Robin... I, when I walked out, she patted me on the rear. I said, honey, I'm not an object. Do not. <laughs> and I was telling her, how far should I go in this illustration? She goes, that right there is far enough. I said, okay. She goes, we got it. We got the point. So I'll stop there. I don't want to go viral on YouTube today. But, um, you know, I was committed to this, but I'm not that committed to this illustration. But, but the point is, all of us have been guilty of 
doing more work on the outside when we come to worship than we are on the inside, than we do on the inside. We get the point? And, and, and you know, I think when I, when I, when I look at, at my Bible and I, and I look at how God wants us to worship, it, it's kind of like this. God is like a doctor that puts these things on. And he comes to us and he's like, huh, hmm. You know the doctors that do this and they, they, they put this in their ear and they're going, hmm, hmm. You're like, what are you listening for? What are you, what are you looking at? What do you, you pay attention to? Well, this is what God does. And this is important to understand and remember that, that so often we spend all this work on the outside. And we, we sometimes neglect the condition of our hearts. That's why the song that we started with about Lord, my heart has come to worship you. And I, I would argue that every one of us have been guilty of coming to worship and, and really um, we forget that, that God is able to hear the inaudible expressions of our hearts. But sometimes we, we flip these things. We, we come to worship and go, yeah, I like that song. I like that guy up there. I don't like that guy. Man, that guy's, you know, those songs are too slow. Or that song's too loud. And, and, and that preacher, man, he's way too long. You know, I've really tried to preach shorter today. I don't know if it's going to work, but it you know, fits with the text. But we'll see if I can make it happen. But, but Solomon is interesting because he, he was, you know, an expert on, on this temptation, I think, to come to worship and decorate the outside. Because he was the wealthiest man that's ever lived. Past, present, or future. That's what Solomon, who Solomon was. He was the one, remember his daddy, David? Was his daddy and David wanted to build the temple. And God said, David, you're not building the temple because you have too much blood on your hands. It's your son, Solomon, who will build the temple. Solomon is the one. Can you imagine having that task to be the first one to build the actual structure for the one true God of all creation? Can you imagine that? Solomon built that. He was an expert on worship, and I guarantee you Solomon, in the context as he's writing this book, he's, he's observing the people that are coming on the outside and, and doing the outside worship, but, but when it comes to their hearts, it's far from him, I guarantee, far from the Lord. I, I bet Solomon struggled with that. Lord, look, I've done all these things for you, but, but yet his heart was not right with the Lord often. I mean, Solomon was the most, the wisest man that's ever lived. Now, this doesn't mean Solomon didn't make mistakes. Solomon made, Solomon made many, many, many mistakes. And, and I'm grateful for the mistakes that Solomon made because he wrote this book that reveals a lot of his mistakes, a lot of his failures. And, and in that, we get to glean the wisdom from God. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7, would you stand with me? Open your Bibles and let's read this again. Londa read it for us already, but I want us to, to get it again. Verse 1, chapter 5. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, 
nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It's better that you should not vow than to say that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there's vanity. But God is the one you must fear. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, point number one is this. Guard your steps. Let's think about this. It says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Question for all of us, did, is that what we did today? When we came to the, to the house of the Lord, when we came to our place of worship where, where God has called us to be, were we guarding our steps? Now, what does that mean? Prepare in advance, I think. You know, to guard your steps means to prepare in advance, to think about, okay, I'm coming to worship the Lord. And so often we grade our services. We, we are in this consumer mindset. Uh, Matt Chandler, who's a pastor that I, I think is really a great leader in Dallas, and he, he articulated recently in an article that, that the church is, is addicted to entertainment. And, and that, that, that I feel this as a pastor of how do I keep up with the entertainment? I, how can I be interesting to, to a congregation, to a city? And, and I battle this all the time. And I, and I say in my own mind, okay, Lord, just let your word speak. I pray that we know your word. I pray that you, 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 we leave here every week not remembering what I say, but what God has said to us most important thing. Guard your steps. So what does that mean? Think about your approach to God. That's one of the things I think that means. Guard your steps. Think about your approach to God. How often do we think about our approach when we come to the Lord? I've been thinking about this as I've had my quiet time in the mornings. I've gotten up and so often I've gone through the motions and I oh, have my Bible reading, here's my list and I've gone through this. But, but, but I've done that without thinking about my approach to God that I am coming into the presence of the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. That I should remember my approach. Hey Lord, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm interacting with you. And we forget this sometimes, that, 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 that when we are in worship together singing or when you're having a quiet time or, or when you're serving the Lord, the, the, there's a king that's watching, that's with you, that's here with us. He's our audience. And sometimes we, we look this way, we, we, we get this all whacked out and bent out of shape, that, that the object of our worship is us sometimes. Oh, I like that, or I preferred that. And we often forget the object of our worship is the Lord, not us. And this is important to remember. Think about your approach. When, when you read your Bible, think about your approach. When you pray, think about your approach. Have you, caught, have you ever caught yourself? I do this all the time. I catch myself praying things flippantly. 
Have you ever listened to yourself pray? You ought to do that this week. You're like, that sounds weird. No, listen to yourself pray. Do you have habits or words that you just say without thinking about it? I've learned in my marriage that I probably ought to not just say things without thinking about them. Because Robin's like, what are, you, what are you saying? Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I wasn't saying that. And, and so we should do this with the Lord. How often, when's the last time you've actually listened to yourself pray? Think about your approach. Guard your steps when you come to the house of God, when you come to the Lord. When you sing, think about your approach. Have you gotten that message today? It's been all through the service today. Think about our approach when we sing. Think, think about our approach to God when we listen to his voice. So when, when you think about guarding your steps, you think about your approach. You play, pay close attention to what is happening when you're singing, when you're worshiping, when we come together for, for us to be in this moment to pay close attention to what the Lord is saying, what God is saying to us. Look at verse 2, um, verse 1. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Draw to, no, verse, I guess this continues verse 1. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Now, what's interesting is I I think that there have been times in my own life when I've been flippant with with my words to God, when I haven't been paying attention to my approach to the Lord, when I haven't really even thought about what I was doing. Now, this is pretty harsh. That is what the Bible calls evil. It's evil to do that. You might go, that's pretty harsh, Chris. Well, that's not very nice to say. Well, I, I didn't say it. Solomon did. The Holy Spirit says that through his word. We should pay close attention to what's happening. That's guarding our steps. When we guard our steps, we're, we're, we realize that, that listening to God is often overlooked in our worship. We don't listen like we need to listen. And it's my prayer that we become good listeners to the voice of the Lord. And, and I pray this, you know, Solomon says in verse 1, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Guard your steps. Prepare when you come here. I'll tell you, if you begin to do this, if you begin to prepare, Lord, I'm ready to listen to you. I'm I'm turning my face to you. I'm turning my heart to you. That will impact so much of your life, so much of your experience here, so much of, of it'll change your whole perspective from this, yeah, I didn't like that worship, to God really said something to me. Wow. God led me. Wow. And, and, and I pray that that's an, a normal experience. Another thing, point number two is this, that when we come to worship, we should remember the audience. It's God. The audience of our, of our worship today, the audience is God. The, the songs that we sang today, are, are the audience is God. Lord, you have done these things. These are things that, that we are giving offering and praise to you. And, and so when we worship, what should we do? Watch our mouth. I mean, isn't that interesting to think about? That, that we should pay it, we should watch our mouth. Now, we learned this when we were young. When my mom told me, I mean, hey, anybody have their mouth washed out with soap? Anybody have that happen? I did. In the nursery at church. Uh, I got my mouth washed out with soap in the nursery at church. And when my parents came to pick me up at, the, at church, Nita Walker said, or no, it was Pat. Pat said, I washed his mouth out with soap today. And my dad was like, Okay, 
because he was afraid of her too, because I think she washed his mouth out with soap. So, so it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to sue you. You know, Don't worry, parents, we're not washing your kid's mouth out with soap anymore. We stopped that practice. But, but, but you know, um, that was the church nursery. I probably deserved it. But, but, but I learned younger, when I was young, how to watch my mouth. What does verse 2 say? Be, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. Boy, let's hear that. Let's not be rash with our mouth. Let's not be hasty to utter a word before God. Why? For God is in heaven, and, we, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Let your words be few. Is it possible that we talk too much? when we come to the Lord? Is it possible that we forget that we are more desperate to hear from him than he is to hear from us? I'm not saying that we should not bring, like we've done today, bring our friends and bring our needs to the Lord. We should do that. But let's not forget that we are more desperate to hear from God than to talk to him. We've seen all through scripture that God does not hear us with our many words. He hears what's on the inside. So watch your mouth. Another thing, keep your vows. Keep your vows to the Lord right there, verse 4. When you vow a vow to God... Do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay it. Now, there's a danger when you come to worship and, and God speaks to you to, to make, a, make a promise or a commitment or a vow to the Lord. And like, have you ever been in that spot where you said, Lord, here's what I'm going to do today. God, I'm going to do this. I commit to you to do this. You know, there's two things that happens with our vows. Heard this this week. That, 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 that make sure that when you make a vow to God, that you don't delay in keeping it. Okay, hear that. When you make a vow to God, don't delay in keeping it. Second thing, don't deny that you made it. Like, like all of us, I mean, when's the last vow that you made to God that maybe you didn't keep? Just the other day, I, I, was, I preached a wedding. I think it was last, not last weekend, I preached a wedding. And I got the groomsmen together right before we walked out. And I said, all right, boys. And they were, these were all big boys. I mean, they were, they were big boys. They were, I wouldn't want to wrestle any one of them. And, uh, and, I said, all right, um, Hayden, these are your groomsmen. Do you know what they're about to listen to you do? They're about to listen to you make a vow to God. And I reminded them, I said, you know what my groomsmen said to me? And, and this is what I want to challenge you to see in these men. These are not just your best friends and your brothers. These are men that are going to hold you accountable. Keith Davis and Brad Ayler. Those two men were 
groomsmen in my wedding. They're both on staff here. They were groomsmen in my wedding. They stood next to me. They stood in a line. They were, one, they were two of six men that stood in a line on stage with me as I looked at Robin and I said these words. When, when my father-in-law said, do you promise before God and these witnesses to love her, to comfort her, to honor and to keep her, forsaking all others, keeping yourself only unto her as long as you live. Do you do that? And I looked Robin in the eye and said, I do. I do that. And those men that were standing next to me said, I heard that. I heard that. And they said to me, Chris, hey, I love you. If you break it, we're coming to see you. And we're not going to pray for you. We're coming to see you to kick your rear. So, so recognize that. We're coming. I made a vow to God. I want to challenge you. When we make a vow, we should keep our vows. And this is what he says. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It's better that you should vow than you should vow and not pay it. Verse 6, look at this. Let not your mouth lead you into sin. And do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? Verse 7 is interesting. When dreams increase... And words grow many, there's vanity. Now, you know, nobody had a vision like Solomon. I mean, his vision was unbelievable. He saw big, big things, and he built big, big things. He had big, big dreams, and he, and he saw a lot of those dreams come to pass. But do you know what he, what he discovered after all these big dreams come to pass, these big buildings, these big walls that are, that crazily, are some are still standing today. In 2019, there are walls in Israel that Solomon built that are still standing. I stood in front of, I touched one, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. 3,000 years old, it's still standing. The guy had big visions, big dreams. But you know what he said? Man, if you don't honor God, if you don't keep your vows to God, if you don't surrender to God, it's meaningless. It's vanity, he says. For God, in verse, verse 7, but God is the one you must fear. What, what, what does he what is he saying here? What does it mean to fear the God? It means to stand, like we just sang, I stand in awe of you. That's what fear of God is. God, I surrender to you. I see you. I stand in awe of you. And don't forget that God doesn't just hear your voice. God hears your heart. Here's your heart. Don't forget this. Don't neglect this. And verse chapter point three is this. We should be quick to submit to the Lord. We should be quick to submit to him. If I were going to summarize the wisdom of Solomon in one statement, 
I would say it like this, a, a life surrendered to God's purposes is the only path to genuine meaning. That's the summary of the entire book. That's why we've challenged you to memorize Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 because this, this passage is the, is the lens that we should understand the entire book of Ecclesiastes. As he looks at our vows, as he looks at our approach to God, our worship to the Lord, we should understand these two verses. And, and I pray that you memorize them. It's my challenge to you that you memorize these two verses because if you cannot understand the entire book of Ecclesiastes if you miss those two verses. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. And, and, and all through the book, we've seen that, that, that Solomon is saying that, that God is not just the best way to live. Following God is, is walking with him and following him is not only the way to true meaning in your life. Following Christ and surrendering to him is the only way that you will adequately prepare for that meeting that is on every one of our calendars when we die and stand before the Lord. And as your pastors in your life, as pastors called to you, it is our job, it is, it is our, and your job to hold us accountable, and, and our job together is, as God's people planted in this place to point one another and push one another to this call to surrender to the Lord. But so often we surrender to our own way, my way, and it's not about my way. So often we look at ties and jackets and 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 stuff and preferences and we miss the king of all kings and the lord of all lords we forget that golly we love each other i mean you know my preferences in music it's different than my father-in-law who is a great musician and a tremendous leader in the church I've discovered it's different than my son who's learning to lead and worship and write songs. I've got all these artists in my life. I live the sound of music all the time. And, but you know what I've discovered in spite of my differences with my father-in-law and my differences with my son? I love those men. I love those men so much that I would give my life for both of them. And, you know, when I think about the Lord, like the message today, worship is not about something we do. It's about someone we love. We love the Lord. And we see the Lord and we listen to the Lord. We submit to his voice. That's why his will trumps my will. God, your will will always trump my will. That's why his voice instigates instant response. And I pray that we are quick to instantly respond to the Lord. Lord, your voice will, will move me to instant response. Lord, your commands, his commands will change my mind, change my opinions. And this is why Solomon points us to this fact, the end of the matter. Ecclesiastes 12, the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commands. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring 
every deed into judgment, every secret thing, whether good or evil. And, and I'll tell you, it's my, my prayer that today we will guard our steps when we come to the Lord. And we'll make it a habit to guard our steps. And it's not about what we're putting on, though if, if, if guarding your steps is, Lord, I'm going to put on a suit and tie. Do that. Or whatever you're, it means to you as you guard your steps. Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm going to guard my steps. I'm going to pay attention to your voice. I'm going to, I'm going to remember, Lord, that you are the audience. You are the one I'm looking to. You are the author of my faith. You are the hope of my life. And I'm going to be quick to submit to you. Is that where you are? That's the message for us today. And not just for you, for me, for us. As we gather around God's word and say, Lord, we need you. Now we're going to have an invitation. And, and we should respond. Whether that is bowing at your seat or just surrendering your heart, or singing the song. Chad's going to come up, and we're going to sing. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. It's really good. I, I, what, what, I, Word of God speak. Word of God speak. Let it pour down like rain. And, and maybe part of your response is to just proclaim those words. Maybe it's to stand there or sit there and be silent and let those words penetrate you. Maybe it's to go look at somebody and say, hey, you know what? Would you forgive me? Maybe, it's, maybe you need to do some work horizontally, getting right with somebody. I don't know what God has said to you, but I know that his word speaks. He speaks through his word. Are we listening? Are you listening?